0: Believe me, I know, I know how tempting it is to want to be able to say, I own my own salon. You want people to be proud of you. You want people to look up to you. You want people to say, how'd you do it? But did you know that you can also say magic words when you rent a booth or a room inside of an existing salon? Those magic words that you can say are, I own my own business. It's the same thing. Think of the mall. They're one big collaborative building that houses several different successful companies it's just the same you just have to look at it differently i don't believe in bad business owners i believe in business owners who are doing the best with what they've been taught i also know that grades don't get you anywhere in life audacity and authenticity is the true secret to success this podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs everywhere who are struggling, who want to scale their business, or who, just like me, love listening to stories and life advice from business owners who have been financially successful. My goal for anybody listening to this podcast is to learn how to cultivate a business model for themselves that allows other people to grow your business for you. In other words, what my version of work harder, not smarter means. Welcome to Inspo Podcast with Jenna Cash. This podcast was sponsored by SoCo SoCo Lashes. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Inspo Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Cash. I am the founder of SoCo Lashes. I am also a lash artist, a lash educator, a business mentor, among being a mother of two children. I, for a very long time, was a single mother doing all of this myself and that is when I started SoCo Lashes. Uh, I've been in the industry for 22 years, and I'm really excited to share what I have learned over these past few decades with you guys and hopefully save you guys some time and money, energy, (laughs) some emotions, um, and get you to where you guys want to be a little bit faster. So, so much is new. So much is new. I know I haven't really been posting a lot. I had... You know, I'll just kind of like cut to the chase. My dog, Hank, I know a lot of you know my dog. He is the um, drawing on all of our product. His name was Hank and he was an 11-year-old Mastiff. And we have just, we had to put him down last week. And it was, to say that it was devastating was um, an understatement. And I feel like saying it was an understatement is an understatement. (laughs) I don't know if, you know, or I do know because a lot of you reached out to me, but I know a lot of you have lost animals. And it's, it, I know for many of you who are animal people, my, I felt like my world stopped for four whole days. My first two days I couldn't even talk to anybody, um, which is, you know, why I haven't been super present on social media there was, you know, the few days leading up to it when we knew it was going to happen and ugh, it just it took a lot out of me and I'm still having a hard time with it. So I am using this as a distraction. <laughs> so, um forgive me for being MIA. I'm trying to be present, but man, losing an animal, I have kids, so I can say this, having a pet is very similar to having a child. I know it is not the same and I know that there are many of you who have lost children, and I am not saying that it is the same, but I am saying that it is a type of mourning that you just can't. I I've had a really difficult time putting it into words, explaining it to people who aren't necessarily animal people, because you know if you're not an animal person, you think that this is crazy, but. Anybody who has lost a pet recently or not recently and reached out to me, thank you. It does help, (laughs) you know, Misery Loves Company, I guess. But it's nice to know that you guys, like, got through it. And obviously, I know it's, you know, you move on and stuff. But I'm still kind of in the thick of it. So, anyways, moving forward, that's why I've been MIA. Um, But before I dive into some more updates, I wanted to really, really reach out and thank everyone who attended our Lash Booth Collective event at Lash Conference. So many of you were just so helpful with your reviews and telling me what what you guys loved about it, what you guys didn't love about it, what I can change to make it better for the next time we have our big lash booth collective event coming up in may which with a heavy heart i say it is no longer going to be happening the truth of it is i was supposed to be doing this with two other girls and it ended up just being me and i'm the type of person that if i say i'm going to do something i will bend over backwards to try and make it happen and i really do Part of me really wants to do this, but the other part of me knows that I'm very, very overextended. And over the weekend, we had gotten an email from the venue that we were hosting. And, you know, I, I was asking myself, what is the lesson to be learned in this? Don't make a mistake. Because there was a box that I didn't check. And um, in the, um, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? In the contract and it didn't solidify everything. It didn't solidify our date. I thought it was a mistake on the um, hotel that we were hosting at the venue, but it wasn't. It was my fault, and I just found this out recently, and I did everything in my power to try and correct this, but it's just one of those things that, sure, I can change the date and, you know, make it happen. I just don't, it's one of these things where I was supposed to be doing this with a group of women and we were supposed to be supporting each other and now i feel like you know it's just me and it's just a little bit too heavy for any of you who are were coming and we're refunded and you do want to come um we're going to be give you guys a discount if you do want to come to what this originally was which is our soco lashes business retreat we go over the same thing it's only i believe we're maxing at 10 people um and It's all of the same information, just a much smaller group. But I just wanted to get that over with and, you know, call out the white elephant in the room. I am so sorry to everybody who we had to refund. I'm so sorry for all the sponsors who have worked so hard to get us product. Everybody will be refunded and we will be sending you a payment for what you guys spent on shipping. I am so, so sorry. I just, you know, I'm trying to think, like, is this the universe's way of saying this isn't supposed to happen which a lot of you know that Lashbooth collective is supposed to be a collective it was a collective of people and i think that i'm going to take a step back assess this and see what direction i'm going to go in this i think maybe it's just something that we'll do at Lash conference if paul and tessany want us to do it again um i think everybody really enjoyed it and i think if we could have a whole day of it i think it'd be awesome because it would be nice to have enough time for people to finish the entire workbook that'd be cool Okay, moving forward to less depressing things, we are moving back to Sonoma County. So we haven't talked about exactly why this is, but in a roundabout way, um, we received an offer that we could not refuse. And for fun, we went to Sonoma County to discuss this with the person. (laughs) And just for fun, we placed an offer on a home that we we didn't give a lowball offer to but we did offer much lower than they were asking long and the short of it they accepted our offer and we were like what so in a roundabout way we're moving back to Sonoma County we are purchasing this beautiful incredible home Um, it is a historical home which if any of you know anything about me anything with the soul i love so this house is 122 years old Um, it's only been owned by two people both families took immaculate care of this this um, historic building we're also in a historic um, what is it called i guess a historic zone area historic territory so there's i believe 43 buildings who are all in this historical area. And it's really cool because everybody must keep their property looking at the time, which is just the coolest thing ever. It's in a town called Bodega. Bodega is in Sonoma County. That's where I'm from. It's a little beach town. Um, Our new home is five minutes from the beach. So anybody who um, is familiar with Sonoma County knows where the birds churches if you guys have ever seen the birds movie um we are our house is literally directly across the street from the schoolhouse that's in the birds movie and it's so cool our the house is actually in the movie it's an Alfred Hitchcock movie that was I think it's like 50 years old or something I might be butchering that I guess I should have done a little bit more research before I talked about the Alfred Hitchcock movie but anyways it's an old movie um really really cool opportunity I can't wait to share more about that um stay tuned we will be announcing more of that in the probably in the, the coming months um but yeah we moved up to Reading two years ago and we knew we'd be here temporarily we thought we'd be here between two and five I mean I'm so sorry five to seven years it ended up only being two and I'm so excited to go home it's you know if you've ever moved away you know how exciting it is to go back um, and for any of my clients who are listening to this, um, I will be taking clients the week of January 1st, fir- uh, sorry, January 9th. It's the, the second week, I believe the second Monday in January. My first week is officially booked. I have no more spaces for the first week. Um, there is a possibility that, um, No, no, I'm looking at my books. I don't, I I don't have any more openings, but the following week I will be taking appointments and I've just opened up my um, week number two. So I'll be taking appointments for the following week. Thank you to all of my clients who, holy cow, it's crazy to see how dedicated and loyal your clients are. Even if you leave for two years and come back, that's crazy, crazy. Um, But I'm really excited for that. I can't wait to see my clients. I can't wait to work full time again. And my full time is six hours a day. So I'll be doing, Four clients a day. I will possibly be taking five. I said five. I think I'm gonna go with four though because then I can just work with my daughter's in school. Um, let's see here. The second weekend in January, I will be heading to Austin to take a lash ca- class with my friend Chris. He is the founder of Lash Guy Pro. We are gonna do a little train trade swaparoo. I am going to train him one day on my um, SoCo texture method, and he is going to teach me the um, flower bouquet method. This is something that I will be offering as a class. So very, very excited to start offering that course. Um, What else here? Announcements, announcements. Oh, tweezers. We have our new tweezers, you guys. Um, We added a skinny boot. It is oh. Mg amazing we completely sold out of it in two days two days gone so we're we were like oh okay everybody likes this one and we keep getting messages when are you back in stock when are you back in stock so we are in stock we have added a few tweezers we have added the skinny boot which is the one that everybody loved if you don't know which one that is just head to the website we're calling it the skinny boot um let's see here we also are Upgrading the petite crane and the crane, we are making them more like the um, the J tweezer from uh, Lashbox. Um, it's the the curve is just slightly different, but since I am going to be learning and teaching the Shimmy method, I would like the tweezers to be perfect. So, we have upgraded the petite J crane and the uh, and the J crane. So we will be phasing. I think we're going to be phasing out our. Um, crane and our petite crane unless we get you know a lot of complaints about them we'll keep it in stock but that is the plan we've also added a 90 degree tweezer I know a lot of you guys love those and something that I'm really excited about we off we're offering a 45 degree isolation tweezer so they're super skinny it's a super skinny tip it's really incredible for isolation so this is my new go-to for isolation tweezers oh my god you will fucking love it Um, number four announcement we are going to be sponsoring lash fest in UK and Texas UK is March Texas is July Um, and following my uh, the July lash fest I will be hosting our master texture course um, the Monday after lash fest I believe let me just double check this really quickly the 17th of july it's a monday we have limited seats of course um in this class it covers pinching the flower bouquet method our soko lashes inner lashing technique our soko unique ombre method we're going to teach you guys how to mock density meaning how to make volume lashes look like the volume lashes you're not adding any weight your base of your fan is going to be super skinny i'm just going to teach you our soko lashes little secret tips and tricks to making that lash line look black while still using 6-8D to fans. Um, We are also going to be going over how to work faster, um, techniques and placement that give you the best retention, which techniques to place where for the best retention, and for overall visual pleasing effect. Uh, and all the questions and answers that you guys could have. This course covers your entire kit, of course, a manual certificate of completion. We will not be um, working on live models. This is a travel course, so we will be um, also uh, providing faux models, um, which are, you know, the mannequins. Um, this is an advanced class, so you have to have volume experience to take this course. Um, something else that you get when you train with me, Jenna, you'll receive a lifetime alumni discount for SoCoLashes. Lashes, and you also sort of receive lifetime support directly from me. Um, you know, if any of you have ever reached out to me and you haven't taken our class, you know that I always help you, even if you haven't taken your class. Our class, um, and if you have taken our class, it's a whole other story. We can schedule phone calls. I don't charge you guys for that because I want to be here to make sure that you succeed, and I like watching you guys do good. I like watching you guys advance in your business and make money, and just happy you took our class okay so let's get to the topic a lot of people have reached out to me i do a lot of mentorship i do a lot of free mentorship because i think about um I, i believe in karma and i think giving back is really important so most of what we talk about is business of course when we do mentorship um and i would say 25 50% of the time between there depends on the month we talk about opening a salon or doing something more or I feel like I'm stale what's next what's next the biggest topic is what do I do next what's what's the next thing that I do to make my business you know better or what do we need to do well the quick answer is you don't have to do if you're content with what you're doing and you're content with lashing you don't have to do anything I would say it's cool if you guys want to do some training here and there but you know, training isn't what it used to be. Training used to be very few and far between. Now there's trainers on every corner. So I think a lot of people might get, um, led astray when they are told, Oh yeah, train, you'll make so much money. If you don't, aren't working with a team or a company who's helping you promote your classes, or if you're not well known in your area, it's very difficult to build your clientele of lash artists who are going to come train with you. It's very difficult. And the second thing moving forward is once you've saturated your area and they've already trained with you, they don't have to come train with you again. So it's a one wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And that's it. Then moving forward, people have to come in to fly in to come train with you. So I think, you know, For me, it was like my first two years were like insane. Then my three, year three, four, maybe five, I traveled a lot. And now I feel like I have pretty much saturated a lot of areas for being a solo artist. You know, I don't, we do have educators that work in their areas, they have territories. But as far as, you know, us actually having employees and sending people, we don't do that. So anybody that we pay to to travel train is just me. Um, so I feel like I have I'm at a point where I've just saturated so many areas and yeah of course we do still host classes we're hosting a class in um, uh, uh, Dallas and um, in July after Lash Fest so that's going to be cool but it's like I think that slow and steady wins the race slow and steady wins a race if you are you know, in that place in your business where a lot of us get here quick and you see other people opening businesses and they're starting their own lash lines and you're just feeling left behind or less than or not as great as a businesswoman, I want you to remember something. Most of the times you're going to make more money as a renter, as a booth renter, a room renter, in a premium salon, charging premium prices. That is where you're going to see the most ROI, return on income. When you own a salon, there are so many gray areas. You can rent, best case scenario, sure you're making money, but nobody ever really talks about those times where you have four rooms available out of the six rooms that you have and you're in one, meaning you only have one renter because four girls left and opened their own salon. Things like that happen all the time. And on those months, half the year, a quarter of the year, whatever it is, you're out of pocket. And then you don't, you don't ever really think about, which is what was like, obviously it was like stupid to not think that this would happen. But I was like, what? You have to buy new furniture every couple of years because they get worn. People's kids come in when there's not a, kids allowed and they spill a whole hot chocolate on a couch and you can't get the smell out because it's milk and you waited too long. Anyways, for one reason of an, or another, I would say at the end of the year, I probably spent between three and $7,000 on the salon on little things they add up. In addition to that, I had a, have currently a weekly cleaning um, company come out and uh, service come out and clean because if you don't have clean bathrooms, yuck to the yuck, yuck. You know, I didn't do that with my first salon and learned very quickly that that was really important. Um, towels? Are you going to do towels? Towels add up very quickly. It's really inexpensive if you're doing towels for yourself, but if you have a little team, it just multiplies. Um, then you're talking about, you know, are you stocking um, a coffee bar? Are you keeping snacks? All of these little things that make your salon wonderfully unique and just warm and inviting—they cost money. So when you think of it, I always round up, round up to around seven thousand dollars a month. I'm so sorry, year that you'll be spending on your salon. So go ahead and deduct that from um, what you're making. At the end of the day, what I always tell people, you're really only making roughly minimum wage. So at the end of the year when you're like, I just made a minimum wage paycheck, and you're like, oh yeah, at the end of the year, that was so worth it, I made 40 grand, cool, cool. But as a lash artist, let's think about that and take a step back and say, I can make this much money a month and do all of this extra stuff or i can rent have zero responsibilities have zero liability have zero people to babysit have zero people to manage have zero people to make happy have zero people to um um you know uh, what's the word for mediate because arguing happens nobody talks about that then you have lawsuits then you have all of these things that when you start adding it up, you start getting a heavy chest. you like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? Oh my gosh, somebody's client came in here. They glued their eyes shut. Now they want to sue me because they worked for me. And I didn't check their liability insurance. Their liability insurance, um, they didn't renew it. And it was expired for six months. Okay, great. Now that's on me. If I were going to do it again, I would work solo or I would rent a room. And I say that because I am so after experiencing everything, I think at the end of the day, I want simple. I want simplicity and I don't want 10 things everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, going back, flipping back to Lash With Collective and canceling, honestly, half of me felt relieved. Half of me felt awful for the people who are starting to plan. It's six months out, so we have still have plenty of time. Um, but I did feel a sense of relief, which told me, that this is not what I need to be doing if I feel a sense of relief when something like this happens I have too much on my plate and I was talking to one of my mentors and they said you know everything that's on your plate you put that there so this is there because you put it there you asked for it so you can't complain about it and that made me feel even heavier because I said I was going to do it I have to do it you know and so I kind of feel like this was a scapegoat That was this was an easy way for me to you know, trim the fat and make a little bit more simple. And I like when we do the small Soko business retreats because there's 10 people. It's so small and intimate. It's awesome. Awesome. Um so in, you know, being in this industry for over two decades, the thing that makes me the most happy is just everything being easy. And I'm not saying it's easy every day. I'm not saying it's not scary. I'm saying that when you when something very scary pops up or overwhelming happens, if you have 10 things that you need to complete by the end of the month, that's when you start sweating. That's when you start stressing out. And I think people add too much to their plate. You know, um, I, I think that slow and steady wins race. And if, if owning a salon isn't your future, just slow pace it. What I What I would do and what I did do is wait. Experience everything for a few years before you move on to the next step this, even if you're sure, yes, I want to own a salon. You working in a salon as a booth renter allows you free education. How? Because you're paying attention and you're making notes. You're going to have a notebook. Anytime an issue arises, you can privately, not like your nosy Nelly, like what happened? How did you deal with it? You can privately pull the owner aside and said, Hey, I, you know, in the future, I would like to own my own salon. I noticed that something had happened with this. Can you please tell me how you um, resolve this issue if you feel like you wish you would have done it differently how would you have done it differently and what advice do you have to me make notes every single time something like this happens because these things will arise in your business eventually everything happens history repeats itself this is why people are smarter because they took advice from somebody who had been there before and now they know immediately how to resolve an issue when it pops up you know so you know Unless you have been gifted an opportunity that you're like, I can't turn this down. Maybe somebody offered you a salon and you're not paying for it. Maybe there's a salon who has a um, lease that they're trying to get out of and you're just taking it over. It's already been remodeled. They have renters. Um, If there are opportunities, opportunities that present themselves that you know, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And you've got a savings account you've planned for this, I say go ahead. But if an opportunity of a lifetime presents itself and you don't have a business plan, you're setting yourself up for failure. I don't care how incredible this business plan was. If you're not prepared for this, what's going to happen is either number one, you could you could fail. Number two, you're going to stress yourself out so much where it rips all of the joy out of what you're doing. Or number three, you're going to make so many mistakes and You know, when you make mistakes in business, it starts to build a bad reputation. And then people in the future might not want to work for you. And I know that from experience, you guys. I jumped into owning a business after eight years of being licensed. And I still don't think that I was ready. I should have gone way smaller scale. Okay, way smaller. But I didn't because I believed in myself and I was passionate. But the thing is, I jumped in and I took on too much too quickly. And, you know, when our salon Filled, I was like, oh, let's, exp- let's expand. And then when it filled again, I expanded for the second time. So we had three different areas that now made this one big building. And all of a sudden, somebody left to open up their own salon and took two girls. And then on the hair side, somebody opened up their own salon and took two girls. So then I was down of 17, six girls. I was freaking out. And I had just had a baby. This thing, this kind of thing, happens all of the time and it doesn't matter how much you bend over backwards for somebody how much you you love on them and help them and tell them how to run a business if something is in their best interest they're going to take that opportunity just like you probably took an opportunity it's it's just fair it's just business it's not personal but keeping things smaller scale means that there's less risk there's less to stress about there's less people to worry about having to replace if somebody leaves it's a lot of work owning a salon. It's a lot of even even more work keeping everybody happy, content, and staying with you, you know. So, okay, so here's what I would do. I would work for somebody. At, if you want to do an employee in the beginning, great. I would never recommend working for an employee because they just, you know, you don't really make much money. So if you can, part-time rent and start building a clientele. Then I would slow pace into working full, uh, renting full time, and then slowly phasing out whatever job, whatever paycheck job that you have as you can. When is that appropriate to do? I always tell people when you're making, let's say that you're a waitress, and you're you you started lashing. When your lashing business is paying you twice as much as your waitressing business, that's when it's time to look. La- waitressing go twice as much that's safe if you lose half your clientele you're still where you were and you have plenty of free time to you know promote your business and it's not it's not as scary and it's very easy to do that could take a year it could take six months if you really are really really great at this could take two years don't rush it don't rush it. Don't fill your books with clients that you know aren't right for your business. Don't fill your books with clients because you need the money. Fill your books with clients who you want laying in your bed, who you would invite to your house, who you know have people just like them who are the type of people that you want as clients. Um, another, once you're ready to move on from that and you're like, okay, I want, I want to open my own salon. Now I would say this is a good opportunity for you to start practicing. This is your practice. I would do this for two years. That's just me. And getting in the habit of making sure that you um, are fully stocked on your inventory so that when you run out of 12s, you know, if you don't have Jessica's room to run over and grab a 12 tray because you know she's hella good at inventory and she's responsible, you have to get in the habit of, of things like that. Oh my gosh, I didn't order my glue. Things like that you, you're gonna learn as you go. So two years is a good amount of time to learn all of those little mistakes that you're gonna make so that you don't back yourself into a corner and you know if you don't have glue, you can't work right? So make sure that you've got all of these things worked out. Something else that you're going to find when you're working solo is you're going to start collecting information for your you know rules and regulations book. what happens if this happens? Do you allow children in the salon? What's your policy if somebody no-shows? These are the things that people are going to come to you with questions. And after a couple of years working solo by yourself, you're going to have that experience. You're going to say like, okay, this is what I would do. This is what I would recommend. You can do, you know, whatever you choose. But this is what I would do and this is why. You'll have two years of that under your belt. You'll be a little bit more of um you know an authoritative figure that people can look up to and you have experience now you've been in a salon for two years as a renter then on top of that you've just worked solo for two years so you've got almost half a decade under your belt it's amazing a lot of experience you're going to have learned from your previous owner you'll learn from being on your own and you'll be able to be there for people when they need it because they will need you When you move on to the time where you're actually ready to have renters, again, I say everything slow and steady wins a race, keep it simple. I would start with between one and three renters. Um, I don't recommend letting people share a room. I think that that just creates um, avenues for arguing to pop up. I think that, you know, when people are sharing rooms or sharing things, it can go south very very quickly you can fill in the blanks with you know how you think it go, go sour quickly maybe the days got mixed up maybe one of them's going on vacation and they traded days but the other girl forgot both their clients show up there's just too many issues i never ever room share don't do it don't recommend it um, another thing i would say is really really consider private suites and they don't have to have this grand amazing suite with a view just a room a suite with a door a room so that they have their own private area I have noticed that um, renters that have their own area with a closed door, their own definitive place, they stay longer. They rent longer because in essence, they can make that room their business. And then it more kind of falls into the category of you're the mall and they're a business in the mall. They don't, they work in your salon, but they're not your business. And as a renter... They want this sense of, I'm my own boss, and this really, truly gives them that. Um, It gives them a sense of community, um, knowing that they're in a salon with other girls, but it also gives them a sense of individuality, a sense of independence, and a sense of, this is mine. I did this. This is mine. So then we move on. Like, how do you keep your renters? Because the turnover rate in this industry is very, very high because everybody wants to open up for their own place. I get it. Totally get it. What I would recommend is finding ways to keep them happy, finding ways for them to say, honestly, they do so much for me. I just don't, I don't have it in me, you know? And a lot of the girls that I used to rent booths or rooms to, what they said was, you made it look so easy. And we just wanted to apologize for not taking the garbage out. And we understand that one time that you cried because everybody put their Starbucks cup. <laughs> there was one time where I cried because like, it, I was just having a week and like, I wasn't mad at anybody. It was just like one of those things where I'm like, why? Why do seven of you who work here put your venti cup on top of the fucking garbage can when it's full and the lid can't even close? You know, it's things like that, you guys. You're babysitting. You're babysitting. And when there's a larger group of people, it's worse because they all play off each other. Keep it small tight and intimate don't do too many things out of the salon together because then you become too close arguments happen keeping a room there's a division of respect and privacy in a salon you are telling the same stories over and over and over again you're going to hear each other's life stories you're going to get tired of it you get tired of each other and you know this space there's just so many advantages to this space and benefits and that that has always worked out best for me If you are going to charge the girls for additional things like um, I always offered free cleaning for the common areas but if they wanted their individual rooms clean they had to pay additional for that. If they wanted to um, participate in the towel service instead of doing their own towels they could participate in that they had to pay for it Um, and anything like this I did charge extra but I didn't profit off of it. Same thing for like the Vigaro. Like if you guys, I use Vigaro for a booking system. Um, I used to charge everybody just a flat $25. But people get really resentful when you do things like that because they see it as you're like nickeling and diming them. So try not to charge extra for things like that and profit off of them. Because this isn't really anything that you should be profiting off of if they're renting. Um, And I think that When you show them how much something costs and then you show them their part, it's almost like a unit, like a team. You're a team and this is how much this costs and this is your part and I'm not making money off of you. Because when you're a renter, you're making money off of rent. You know, you don't have to make money off of everything else. I think that, I don't think that that's a good thing. I don't think so. I think that's nice um, when, when it's honest, you know. I think this creates a sense of appreciation and they value that when people appreciate you they talk about it and they stay longer because they see that you have their best interest at heart and that's really what it means to be a good owner or a good leader or a good salon owner or whatever business owner it just means that you're showing them how to do things and that you care for them you're leading them you're showing them by example you know I've said this before you don't have to make money off of everything you do you guys and this is something that I think is really really sweet and special when you show them that you're not making a profit off of anything but um, their rent something else that I would really highly highly recommend is finding a company who offers wholesale prices if you guys use soco lashes we offer wholesale prices so if you are opening up a salon and renting rooms, If you've decided to do a salon suite and you've got four owners total and you guys are just splitting everything into quadrants and everything's equal, everything's split equal, you guys could do it that way too. But if you are renting, find a lash company whose products you love that you can purchase at wholesale. Then you can extend that wholesale discount to all of your renters. That's going to save them upwards of 40% off of their orders. 40% off of supplies. When I was working full time, I would spend between five and $750 a month on supplies, on lash supplies, on lashes, on glue, on my tweezers that I dropped, whatever. This is so helpful. Let's say, let's go back down to 500. Let's say they're just spending 500. That now brings their yearly bill from $6,000 a year to 3000. That is a reason to stay a little bit longer at a salon. Even if you're, you're aspiring to be an owner you you really want to do what you're passionate about it this is going to keep somebody at your salon longer as a renter because three thousand dollars you're like oh my god that's a trip to Hawaii you know so doing little things like that making it so easy simple helpful. Again, you have their best interest at heart. You're not bothering them. You you let them run their own business. You let them have their privacy. You're there to help them when you need to. You're extending discounts and giving them something that they wouldn't have if they left and went somewhere else. All of these things add up and you just have to keep piling on the reasons as to why you want them there and they know that you want them there and that they want to stay there. You can even do something really really sweet like make sure that it's a day that everybody works on and you can have coffee Wednesday because you know everybody works Wednesdays and the third Wednesday of every month you you know you have um, everybody fill out what their favorite coffee is you bring them their coffee and you write them a thank you card thank you so much for being a part of the team I just want you to know that it was really special when you did this I saw it I noticed it thank you so much for being you I'm so lucky to have you things like that love notes to your girls <laughs> you know people love that it's so sweet but the thing is you know, as I am renting rooms right now and I don't have the mind space to do the things that I used to do like that and it makes me a less than mediocre owner. So we're selling our salons here in Reading, and when we go to um, back to Sonoma County in Bodega, I'm not going to open a salon. Maybe I will later. Right now I don't have the energy to do it and I don't like doing something unless I can do it 110%. And go over above and beyond for the girls because if they're working for you and they don't know that you value them and that you appreciate them and that you want them there, they're going to go somewhere else who tells them those things. And the last thing I want to touch on is make sure that you're able to find the joy in the present. This is an industry where if you are passionate, and what I mean by that is, if you are passionate and you wanna be the best, if you're taking classes, if you're practicing when you're not working on clients, if you're going out of your way to talk to people, to build relationships, to build your business name, if you're doing all of the things that no other lash artists do, because let's get real, there are probably 3% of people or less that do these types of things. They practice until they're perfect. They take the classes, not just for the certificate, but to master that technique. If you're one of those people, You will build a clientele, full clientele between six months and two years, depending on where you are, because I know location has a lot to do with that. But what that means is it's going to take you six months to two years to reach your goal. Most people, it takes them 25 to 30 years of the same job to reach a goal that we can make in six months to two years. So when we make that and reach that goal, we think, okay, now it's time to give myself a raise. Okay, now it's time for more but revel in the fact that we have an industry that is like no other this industry is incredible because we have the power to advance ourselves and and run as fast as we or as slow as we want to get to where we want as fast as we want it's true you guys you can get to where you want in 6 months if you hustle okay i think that that it needs to be mentioned more that if you have a full clientele and you're a renter, that is enough. That is enough. If you have children, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not a good business woman. It doesn't mean that you're stale and that you've plateaued in your business. It just means that you've reached your goal and you're so grateful for where you are and you're happy where you are. You don't have to have your own space. You don't have to rent your own salon and rent it to other people. You don't have to open up your own lash business It is okay to be happy with exactly where you are and not to have to feel like you have to show off. And you know, it might seem like everybody else is doing so much more than you're doing, but you don't know what their bank account looks like. Nobody's gonna talk about that stuff, really, truly. You don't know how much they're struggling. And I saw so many people giving 50% discounts. And I think the small businesses, and I know the large businesses, like there's bigger businesses out there like, on at LiveBay, they're at an obscene fucking level that nobody could probably even ever understand, myself included. Where if they offer discounts like 50%, they're still making a massive profit because their a return on investment when they purchase something, because their orders are so large, they're still making money. But when you see smaller companies offering 50% off, you guys, they're making nothing. Because you have to remember, when you price something, it has to be at an 80% profit margin to actually make money. This means it will cover the bills. This means it will cover the customs fees. This means it will cover this, 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 all of these hidden things, the shipping fees, the transfer fees, the the loading dock fees, all of these things that when your business starts to grow a little bit, you start getting these additional fees and there's higher taxes. And then all of a sudden, the board of the tax board of um, Texas send you something that oh now you have to start paying taxes to them because you've reached a certain amount like there was at a time where we started reaching this amount that now we've sold so much to certain states now we have to pay their sales tax or some I don't do the books I don't know but it was something that I would have never known but because I have a business partner who has his master's degree in business he has his MBA here he already knows these things. So little things like this pop up, and when I say little, they are massive. I'm going to tell you one thing before I let you guys go. I think I've said this before, but last year we had a tax bill of $80,000 because we just made so much more than we thought we were going to that we didn't realize that our accountant... Anyways, it happens, you guys, it's not the accountant's fault, but actually it probably is the accountant's fault, right? Um, Anyways, long and short of it. Um, You're going to get hit with things like that. If you get hit with an $80,000 bill, this could bury somebody. All I'm saying is it's okay to be happy and content with where you are. And if all you're looking to do is make a little bit of money here and there, um, owning a small retail line is not going to do that. You're not going to make a profit for, I don't know, two years. And it is so much work. And I think that, If you do want to make a little bit of a profit, find a location that has a very, very fair rent and rent fair price rooms. So if your rent is low and very affordable, extend that to the other girls who are renting from you. All right, I think I've kept you here for long enough. We're almost at 45 minutes, but I guess what I have learned in the past 22 years is just really, really learn to be happy with where you are and try to avoid... Having that, the grass is greener outlook on everything, especially your business. Because if you're constantly going more and more and more, you're adding all of this to your plate and there will be a time where you look at your plate and it is way too full for you to even think about, you know, start whittling down that, that to-do list. It's overwhelming. You feel like a failure. You've lost a bunch of money. All of this, these things add up. And if this was your only backup plan, you have now put 40, 60, $80,000 into a business and you're going to look back and you're going to say, why didn't I just put that into a house? I could have put that into a house. And now, great, great. I broke even. I spent 80. I made 80. I could have just put that into a house. And I, if I were doing this on my own, you guys, and I didn't have a business partner, that would be me. I I am not this sounds terrible, but I am not smart enough to do taxes. I am not a number person. I don't like business. I don't like all of that. I don't like talking to the suppliers. I don't like dealing with them. They're flaky. They are they push your your orders off. It is how it is. When you order, let's say you open up your own lash company and you're like, hi, I would like, I would like to order 50.04 lashes of every size. And they're like, great. So two weeks later, you're like, hey, did those ship yet? And they say, oh, sorry. Yeah, let me put this through. Sorry. I had one more question. You're like, well, why didn't you ask me? Oh, yeah, we've just been really busy here. That's how it is dealing with people overseas, you guys. You're constantly babysitting them, and it is a full-time job. So there's a little insight. Go order wholesale. Get half off. Then you can dis- um, give that discount to the girls that work with you. Or maybe, maybe you can get a wholesale discount, and you can sell to the people in your area in addition to giving your girls a discount. You know, there's plenty of other ways you can make a little bit of money here and there. And if you're only making, looking to make an extra couple grand a month so that you can put money away to buy a house or whatever, I can totally help you, um, figure out other ways to do that where it's not (laughs) dumping 80 grand into a business and looking back and thinking, why did I do that? Anyways, there it is. I haven't done an episode in a few weeks. You just got many episodes in one you're welcome. Jenna Cash here with Inspo Podcast. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who has supported this podcast. Thank you to everybody who has shared this on your Instagram stories. Thank you to everybody who has told your friends about this podcast. It is fulfilling something that I do didn't know needed fulfilling and i i'm so grateful from the bottom of my heart thank you and feel free to leave a five star review leave a written review And if you didn't like this podcast, uh, don't, don't leave a review. Just go ahead and give it a five star because I made the effort. (laughs) Um, but really thank you. Thank you for your time. I know time is invaluable and you can't ever get it back. So every minute that you've listened to one of my episodes, thanks, man.